just a note before we begin. Last week, I asked you to send me your thoughts about the podcast and how or whether it should change or evolve as we approach our 15-year anniversary of weekly episodes. I got a handful of lovely, thoughtful responses, which I'll share in a future episode, but until then, as always, you can send any questions, suggestions, or mild indigestions via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. And now, on to this week's episode. There was a great article in American theater about uh, uh, you and your contributions to the process of Othello uh, at the court theater. Was your main contribution the fact that you kept it to under two hours? Because if so, I want to thank you. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 778, Othello's Powerful POV. The Court Theatre in Chicago is producing a powerful and intimate production of Shakespeare's Othello, and they are absolutely leaning into the play's full proper title, The Tragedy of Othello, the Moor of Venice. Directed by Charles Newell and Gabrielle Randall-Bent, the production runs until December 5th, 2021, and stars Kelvin Roston Jr. in the title role. Kelvin joins me this week to discuss his approach to the role and how he came to be involved early in the process. I love this conversation because Kelvin shares a lot of great insight about his approaches to Shakespeare's text, including the times when it's sometimes better to find physical alternatives to the text. Enjoy. You know, we didn't want to do the quintessential four-hour show um, just for ourselves. However, you, we also have to always remember that uh, right now we're, we're, you know, these are new times for theater in COVID situations. So people generally like shorter shows anyway. <laughs> and, you know, COVID just gives us enough, a, 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 a bigger uh, reason to try to keep people in a space for shorter amounts of time. Yeah. Um, of course, in combination with what the theaters have done for their uh, for their circulation and different things, you know, shorter shows right now just first off make more sense. Um, secondly, uh, considering the time of people's um, attention span, you know, so just everything worked together to make to to, to make this show as uh, streamlined and clear and as possible. Well, and I love the uh, the fact that, I mean, having seen you in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and and other shows around Chicago, I was thrilled that to see that you were doing this, and I was also thrilled that they were bringing you in early into the process, because you don't stage a vehicle like Othello without a really great driver, and you oh, wow. <laughs> you want the driver in uh, from in the discussions and the planning from the beginning. What kinds of what kinds of things did you want to emphasize in this production or in your performance that that made it different from other Othellos that you've seen? It all comes from our, our perspective and and um, our team. We 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 kind of had the same perspective of Othello that there were some problems that we needed to address. Uh, for instance, um, in our opinion, it's the tragedy of Othello, but it's generally centered around Iago and the way, the, the, the manner in which he's a super conniving genius. 
Yeah. And uh, we wanted to figure out how to uh, first put more humanity in Othello and center the show around Othello. Uh, you know, center the show around the title character. My, my uh, biggest, I would say my biggest influence was the question that I had for myself. I, to make it make sense to me, my question was, Othello has text where he says, you know, if, if he didn't love Desdemona so much, he, he wouldn't get married. You know, he wouldn't give up his, his free condition, you know, for, for this. So my question was, if, in fact, then, he loved Desdemona so deeply and intensely, what type of relationship must he have had with Iago for Iago to be able to change his mind like that other than Iago just being super smart and Othello not? And uh, that's kind of that, that's kind of the jumping off point for us. That's kind of where we started, you know, with let's figure out these relationships first and then try to see what the story does. Which doesn't seem so radical. And yet, <laughs> and yet we, we do these Shakespeare plays the way they are, quote, supposed to be done. And if you think about them for five minutes, you go, well, hang on, wait a second. Why are we doing right, it that right. way? <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and it's true. interesting you say you mentioned perspectives because what I loved so much about this production is uh <laughs> not just its brevity, but um but it's uh <laughs> but the fact that both Iago and Desdemona seemed as if they were acted brilliantly by Tim Kaine and, and Amanda Drinkall, is that they were acted as we as if we were seeing them through Othello's eyes. We were seeing Othello's versions of Iago and Desdemona. So I loved how Tim's uh, Iago was a little pathetic, a little, a little <laughs> whiny in a good way. And Amanda, yeah. Amanda as Desdemona was kind of strong-willed and, and a little back-talky in a way that I haven't yeah. seen. You know, I, you can yeah. sort of see, oh, I, I, I understand these characters now because I'm seeing them through Othello's eyes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I didn't necessarily think of it in that manner specifically, but it, it makes all the sense. Yes, I, I feel that, of course, in an attempt to address all those issues, you know, like like a Desdemona being, you know, the, uh, a, a product of misogyny and super timid and, and not having really uh, a, a backbone, if you will, I, I like dispelling that. I, I, I enjoy the notion of Othello being attracted to the warrior in her that a lot of others don't see or, or don't allow themselves to see strictly because she's a woman. Hundred percent, um, yeah. And and I think it also adds to why is Othello the only one to, to notice that in her? Is is that because of of how he feels in in, in his station in Venice? You know. Uh, it's like they 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 see that uh, that 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 thing in each other that that is that common thing of of uh, being you know being in a world that that wasn't necessarily made for you but you made the best of it and they kind of see that in each other and I think that's kind of that 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 spark that that attraction of, of yeah so 
Yeah, I I enjoy that too. I, I like how you uh, describe that. Yeah. Well, like <laughs> um, there was there there's wonderful physicality throughout. I mean, the 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 violence is disturbing, and yet it doesn't seem like anybody actually ever touches anybody. Right. Um, <laughs> so it's really powerful and cool, and and uh, and and. Uh, there are sections that, like you talking about how you wanted to portray the relationship between Iago and 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 Othello, is that you see them in battle as brothers in arms, yeah. You know, and you see that connection being forged. Did you feel as the guy playing Othello ever with the directors? Hey, wait, you're cutting some of my good speeches to put out on this movement. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I, not for me. Uh, I, I was looking forward to. To figuring out what our actual production script was going to be. Uh, initially, you know, like you said, from, from that American theater uh, article, we had a lot of time. Yeah. So uh, in, in these uh, salons, as we call them, these, these meetings, you know, we, we had so many ideas. And, and initially, my plan was to, you know, because, you know, the pandemic hadn't been working in a while, and, and just to be safe, I didn't know how my brain still worked, so I wanted to try to memorize just the whole thing and, and be able to adjust as we went along. I'm so glad I didn't do that because I would be, <laughs> I would be nuts right now as you know, all the changes that we made. I mean, we cut things and put it back and, and all the different things, but it all was for a purpose. So I, I wasn't, no, I, I, I didn't really, I wasn't really worried about losing any, any, any words. As long as long as we made sure we didn't lose any words that were pertinent to to the story we were trying to tell. Once we figured out which you know which was very helpful. Once we figured out a physical vocabulary that all of us could understand, then I was like, oh, okay. Well, now now that we have that, and I understand that, we can go ahead and lose uh, maybe that paragraph or whatever. But yeah. but without the under the, the 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 physical vocabulary that we could understand and communicate with each other, then I, I didn't want you know I, I would need the words to support that. And until we found something to replace it, we kept what we could. Interesting, interesting. Hi, I'm Francis Callier, and I'm Angela V. Shelton, and we're Frangela, Frangela. and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Podcast. What? Yes. Merrily and yay verily, motherfucker. Where can you RSC the RSC? We're still the remote Shakespeare company, but you can find our next round of performance dates at our website, reducedshakespeare.com. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to reducedshakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office, venue, and ticket information. Now back to my conversation with Kelvin Roston Jr. discussing his approach to playing the title role in the court theater production of The Tragedy of Othello, The Moor of Venice. The court theater is such a, it, it's, a it's a lovely intimate space and you guys made it even more intimate um, yeah. by, by eliminating some seats and structuring the set around the 
around the actors. It's not like theater in the round. It's like theater in the surround. You guys are surrounding yeah, right. us. <laughs> and we're turning in our chairs to be able to watch. Was that, uh, was that freeing in a certain way in terms of, because what I loved is that this huge epic tragedy was brought down to a human scale. Yeah. That's what you were going for? Yes, that's, that, I, I think I said this to somebody else. Um, you know, they asked about that, uh, that, that is it, was it hard to adjust to that intimacy? And for me, I, I had to learn to become big enough for the stage. I had to learn to become, uh, to project enough for the back of the seat. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, of course, you, that's, that's a technique in theater. But it is refreshing when, when I could do more subtle things. When I, when, you know, when, when an eye movement means a lot much more, yeah. uh, uh, a whole lot more when there's a, a person right there to see it. So yeah. being in that in that intimate space allows for like him some some of the some of the subtle things that he does that is amazing for this character. I don't think would necessarily translate um, if you know if if Court was in his regular in his regular configuration. Right. So uh, right. I, I feel that this, this show being the 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 first curtain up for court coming back um, for a lot of us coming back. I feel like this, this was perfect for us to be able to come in and, and put everything that we have as individuals together as a team and have, have an intimate space for everybody to be able to see everything that we tried to put in. It, 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 it it's amazing to me that it's actually working out. <laughs> People are enjoying it. Yeah. No, it's re it's really working. I know you've played a lot of classical characters from the Greeks to Shakespeare. And of course, I got to see you as as in this modern classical role of of Levy in yeah. in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And to me, seeing you both play both those roles, Levy and Othello, what are there similarities in your mind to either the characters or are there similarities between Shakespeare's writing and August Wilson's writing for you? I guess uh, it, it's funny. I actually uh, referred to August Wilson as as our Shakespeare, and and of course, I'm when I say our, I'm speaking specifically as African American. Um, August Wilson, of course, he wrote more plays than just the, the the century cycle. But being a younger actor, African American actor, the 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 quintessential classics did not seem open to me, you know, and uh, so being, having August Wilson there to make a platform for us in that manner was amazing, but then actually getting into August Wilson, you have to learn he has a rhythm too, so it, <laughs> I was like, wow, okay, and and that's when I started to make the, the, the correlation between he and Shakespeare, I mean, it's it's so specific, and it helps it helps you to understand what you're saying. And then once you understand what you're saying, yes, you can, you can try to mix up the rhythm and, and, and play with it. That's another thing I love about like, You can mix it up, you know, it's dad, you know, but, but once you use his rhythm and understand what you're saying, same with Shakespeare, once you do that, 
iambic pentameter. Once you use the I am and figure out exactly what it's like, oh, I mean, he's just using all these extra words, but he's saying what we say all the time. And it's, yeah, so I, I compare the two all the time. And, and, uh, and I, I appreciate the specificity that they have. You know, like there are some lines that are super similar with maybe one or two words switch, but those one or two words switch changes the intention. And they are really slick with that, you know, and uh, I, I enjoy deciphering, you know, their code. I'm so glad to hear you say all of that because I'm, I'm teaching third year grad acting students right now. And for you to say the specificity of the language and the rhythm means is important. I, yes, I will play is. that clip on a loop for these guys. <laughs> um, well, and it, and, and and yeah, similar to Shakespeare and and well and Wilson and Shakespeare, they they're writing English, they're writing the way people talk, but yes. in a really heightened and beautiful yes. and poetic way. So it seems like, yes. oh well, this is easy. This is just like people. Well, except it isn't. There's a there's a real trick. Exactly. There are tricks to it. Yes, and that, and you know, I, I love to hear that you're talking to your students. Yes, I mean. I was talking to some students at Roosevelt yesterday and they and their, you know, young, great minds are still wondering what's the what's the point in the classes. They don't they don't represent us today. And my thing to them was we make them relevant to us today. You know, our interpretations of them, even even if you do the whole thing the purest way, there's there's still an interpretation. There's somebody in the audience that is going to relate. To how you interpret that person, so they'll never be irrelevant, you know, because we can see and and there is a, a pride at the end of the tunnel from learning all of the different, you know, the I am the pyramid, the prose, the, the the learning all of the things to put together and have this 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 wealth of things to pull from. When you finally get the opportunity to actually step into these characters, you know, if you if you have a whole big bag of of things already prepared, it's better to have and not need than to need and not have. So I I, I, will, I implore your students to get clean everything they can. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, the court theater production of The Tragedy of Othello, The Moor of Venice, runs through December 5th, 2021. And the good news is, for those of you not in the Chicago area, it is also available to stream also through December 5th, 2021. I highly recommend this intimate and powerful production, so I encourage you all to see it any way you can. Go to courttheater.org for more information. Then send your reconsidered classics via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com or throw a comment to us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or on our own actual website, reducedshakespeare.com or visit my website, theshakespeareance.com. Thanks as always to whiny villain Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout out this week goes to Tim Young. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Francis Callier and Angela V. Shelton, commonly known as Frangela. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. Please stay safe, get vaccinated, and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 778, 2334ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Got you're 100% right that, you know, 
The classics don't speak to us. No, no, no. We speak to them. We speak at them. We make yeah. them ours. And I love that that's what you've done with Othello. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And of course, me and everybody else. This, this, I, I mean, this, this team is a great experience. And it's certainly one that I'll never forget, you know, come, you know, coming from where we've come from and, and having the, the fortitude to push forward. I'm talking about the art community, period. I, I, I am so proud to be part of the this podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.